The following program is provided by Renew Your Mind Ministries. Welcome to Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God radio program, an in-depth study of the Word of God. The program name is from Romans 12.2, which says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Welcome back to Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God program, where we take a verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter look at the Word of God. We are currently in the book of John out of the New Testament, chapter 4. But before we get to that, let me remind you that you can hear future and past episodes of the show on our website of renewyourmindministries.org or on any podcasting platform such as Spotify, Amazon Alexa, Audible, Google Podcasts, iTunes or Apple Podcast anywhere where you can hear a podcast, and we are also on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash renew your mind ministries. INC again, we can be found on facebook.com slash renew your mind ministries. That's S T R I E S. I-N-C. And we encourage you to share the news of this program. We are feeding the soul by preaching and teaching the word of God. And God wants his word to be heard by this lost and dying word. So if you are blessed by the teachings of this show, I encourage you to share it with others. Don't keep something that is beneficial, such as the word of God, a secret. Share the program or let other people know about the program so they can tune in, be blessed, and hopefully share it with someone else. Also, if you are in need of prayer, I will join my faith with your faith. I'm not saying that my prayer will get to God any faster than yours, but the word of God does commend us to pray for one another. So I want to pray for you so you can reach me for prayer at renewyourmindm at gmail.com. That email is renewyourmindm, that's the letter M, at gmail.com. Or you can write me at P.O. Box 721143, Jackson, Mississippi, 39272. Again, that address, you can address it to Renew Your Mind Ministries or Brother Arnold and that mailing address is P.O. Box 721143, Jackson, Mississippi, 39272. And if you email me or write me, I will indeed pray for you and respond. Now, let's go back to we are currently in the book of John out of the New Testament of the Bible, chapter four. On last week, we looked at verses 24 through 41, where Jesus revealed himself to the Samaritan woman at the well, that he was indeed and is indeed the Messiah. The woman was so excited after her encounter with Jesus that she left her water jar at the well and went and told the village people about Jesus, which sparked a revival in her village. 
we talked about on last week in verses 24 through 41 in John chapter 4. Jesus began to teach his disciples about being harvesters of souls as the people from Samaritan from the Samaritan village were coming to see him after the Samaritan woman witnessed to him about Jesus. And so we're going to pick up in verse 42 in the book of John out of the New Testament. That's John chapter four, verse 42. And what we're going to do is read verse 42 through 50. And we will go back and break each of those verses down and hopefully we'll get to through verse 50. If we don't, if the Lord says the same, we will pick up where we left off on next week. So if you will turn with me to the book of John chapter four, that's the book of John chapter four. And we're going to pick up in verse 42 where it says they said to the woman, We no longer believe in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Verse 42. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world for verse 43 after the two days he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Verse 45. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Verse 46. Once more, he Visit Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal officer whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Verse 47. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Verse 48. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal officers said, Sir, come down before my son dies. Verse 50. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to praise and worship you. We thank you for this opportunity to acknowledge you as God Almighty. We thank you for your son, Jesus, sending him to die for our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for obeying the Father even unto death, allowing your holy, precious, righteous, and godly blood to be spilled for our sins. We thank you for this opportunity to be able to study and read your word, and we ask by the power of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus that you will open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to better receive and understand your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, going back to verse number 42. We're in the book of John, chapter 4, verse 42. And before I go any further, the Holy Spirit had been impressing upon me. When we talked earlier in this chapter about Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus often referred to her as woman. And the Holy Spirit impressed upon me, the tone and my inflection in which I was 
saying the word woman may have led a person to the impression that Jesus was talking down to the woman at the well when it was quite the opposite. When Jesus was talking to the woman at the well and referred to as woman, he was not talking down to her, even though he knew about her questionable, moral, immoral past. He was not talking down to her by using the term woman. If you go back to earlier in this, the book of John chapter two, when Jesus referred to his mother as woman, when he was getting ready to turn the water into wine, we talked about during that time in that culture, using the word woman was a time was a sign of respect, a term of endearment. So it was not a put down. So when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and he refers to her as as a woman, despite how I may have articulated the word woman, don't take that as Jesus looking down at that woman. He was showing respect to that woman. Jesus is a person who respected people, who respect people. And so he was not talking down to that woman by one, calling her woman. And don't take the way I pronounce or articulated the word woman to take it as if Jesus was putting her down. And if I left that impression, I apologize and I ask God for forgiveness for that. But he was not disrespecting the woman. He was not talking down to her. He was changing her life forever, which he will do for you as well. All right. Now that I've gotten it out the way, let's look back at John chapter four, four, verse 42, which says, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man is really the savior of the world. Going back to verse 42, John chapter four, the first thing that brought these people to hear Jesus was the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman testimony, going back to John chapter four, verses 29 and 30. Once a few people met Jesus based upon what they what she had told them, they invited him to spend additional time in the town. This gave Jesus more opportunities to preach and teach to those Samaritan people. And based upon their personal now firsthand account in dealing with Jesus, it wasn't just them now taking the woman's word anymore. They can say we've heard from the Messiah, the savior of the world ourselves, because we've spoken with him. He's taught us. He's changed our lives just like he did at the woman in the well and just like he's done ever since. And just like he's doing even until this day and will be doing until he returns. Moving on to verse 43 out of the book of John chapter four. After two days, he left for Galilee, which is self-explanatory. After two days, after two days in Samaria, he left to go to Galilee. Verse number 44. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Most trans English translation of this verse, and you may see it in your Bible. They put this verse, verse 44 in parenthesis, which indicated that that comment that John made was a side note. It was not really a part of that conversation. And it seems there's no connection to this story. And so we're guessing here why John put that verse there that Jesus saying now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own town. Most Bible scholars believe reason why John put that there. Jesus is returning to the region of Galilee, but not to his local hometown of Nazareth. He was from Nazareth and he was going in uh, Galilee from, if you remember, the Judean countryside. 
And we see and we're going to see in verse 46 that Jesus returned to the town of Cana where he had performed his first miracle of turning water into wine. However, Nazareth is closer to Sychar where he met the woman of the well than Cana. So Jesus, in fact, bypassed his own hometown of Nazareth. Thus, most Bible scholars believe that that statement was made because Jesus had an opportunity to go to his hometown of Nazareth, but he bypassed that because the people there didn't have an interest in Jesus because they knew Jesus. He, they, Jesus grew up there and they remember Jesus as, oh, isn't that Mary or Joseph's son? You know, to them, because Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was around 33, that that was just Jesus, the carpenter. And so, he had no honor and no respect in his own hometown. And so that's why many Bible scholars believe that statement was made there. The prophet does not have honor in their hometown because Jesus was just seen as, oh, we know Jesus. That's Joseph and Mary's son. There's nothing special about Jesus. They didn't know him and recognize him as the Messiah as he was, because even though he didn't start his earthly ministry until later on in his life, he has always been the Messiah. But they didn't see that side of him. And so there was no honor there and therefore no interest in his his ministry as the Messiah. All right, moving on to the next verse, verse 45 out of John chapter four, of the New Testament. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Verse 45 referenced Galilee. Galilee is a region. It's not a specific town. It's a region. And Cana and Nazareth are two towns in that area of Galilee. Since Jesus had previously been invited to a wedding in Cana, going back to John chapter 2, and performed a miracle there, which you can also find in John chapter 2, it makes sense that he would be welcomed back. So when he came back, hey, it was Jesus, the guy that turned the water into wine. People had started talking, and Jesus was starting to get a reputation. They, they did not quite understand and knew that he was a Messiah, but they knew there was something special about this Jesus because no one else was turning water into wine and doing the other the miracles and signs and wonders that Jesus was doing at that time. So when he was coming back, people were excited that Jesus was back in the area. So Jesus is making his first visit after spending some time in Jerusalem. There, he not only cleansed the temple, going back to John chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, he also attracted quite a bit of attention for his teachings and his works, which they talked about again in John chapter 2. Going back to the Galileans had seen him in Jerusalem and the things he had done in Jerusalem. Going back to that part of the verse, what they're talking about during that time, able-bodied Jewish men had to go, as we talked about for Jerusalem to attend these various festivals. So they would have been in Jerusalem at the same time that Jesus was performing these various miracles. So they knew about the miracles and signs and wonders in Jerusalem and in their own local town and or area of Galilee. So when he was back in the area, hey, the word got out, Jesus is back. And so he's going to be bombarded with people coming to him. So moving on to verse 46, and they welcomed him back. Verse 46, once more, he visited Cana in, Gal in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Capernaum, if you look at that area, is a town on the edge of the Sea of Galilee, about 25 miles north of Cana, where Jesus was. In order for the news to get to Capernaum, someone had to travel back and forth. 
to let the people know that in Capernaum that Jesus was back in the area. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have the cell phone. They didn't have no text message. Say, hey, texting Jesus here, calling somebody Jesus here. Somebody had to literally walk, run, or ride a donkey most, because most animals were, um, most common people did not own donkeys or horses. They walk most likely 25 miles from the next city to let them know, hey, Jesus is back in the area. And apparently this guy, this royal official, got word from Cana, 25 miles away, that Jesus was back in the area. So he went from Capernia to Cana, as we're going to eventually see, to ask Jesus to come back with him to save his son. Moving on to verse number 47. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. So according to verse 47, the man's son was in a dire condition, almost close to death. So this probably was a last-ditch effort to save him. He had heard about Jesus turning the water into wine. He had heard about all the other miracles. He said, maybe this Jesus can heal my son. So he's, his plan was to ask Jesus, hey, come to my house and heal my son, please. So moving on to verse number 48 in John chapter 4 out of the New Testament of the Bible. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. What Jesus is saying here, you people want signs and wonders in order to have faith. You don't believe anything I'm doing or saying unless I show you these signs and wonders. And we got to have faith in God even when we're not seeing him moving. God is working as a song to say, he, even when you don't see him moving, he's moving. Even when you don't feel him moving, he's moving because he's God all the time. And so that's what he's referring to that these people now and even into today, they don't want to believe God until such time as they've seen the works what he's done, what he's, what people have asked him to do into his manifest and what he wants to be a faith, believe even before you see the results, because I am God and I am more than capable. And you don't have to wait to see the works and the results to have faith in me. And that's what we're going to see. The moral of this story is. And that's what he was referring to, because there's a difference between having a knowledge of something. This man had a knowledge of Jesus and hearing about Jesus doing those things and having faith that, hey, he can trust in him to do it. And we're going to see Jesus test that faith because moving on to verse number 45, 49, the royal officer said, sir, come down before my child dies. His child is near death. So you can think there's a sense of urgency to get Jesus back to Capernaum because he believed, hey, if he if I can get him there, he probably can heal my son. And time is running short. We got a 25 mile walk to get there. So the man is desperate. He has a knowledge that Jesus can heal, but Jesus is going to test his faith. Do you believe I can heal? Because ultimately we're going to see Jesus is going to heal him from right where he is. He's not going to have to walk to 25 miles to Capernaum, but he's going to test this man's faith to see. Moving on to verse 40, it says, go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. Faith requires trust. This man had to have had trust in Jesus to believe he could heal his son from right in Cana. That at the end of the day, although he was asking Jesus to go to his home, Jesus told him, you go, your son will live. In other words, I don't have to go to Capernaum to heal your son. I can heal him right here. And matter of fact, I have healed him right here. Now you go. And he left. He left. We don't see where he continued to beg Jesus like, no, Jesus, you got to go. You got to come with me. He believed he had faith. He had trust that Jesus could do it right 
there and he walked away without Jesus coming to his home. And as we turned out, the man had faith and Jesus healed him, healed his son because of that faith. And he can heal you. He can save you. I say this not to bash the church, but I think there's a misconception you can only be saved or accept Jesus in a church setting. Now, because people are being saved by hearing the word of God and in our society, you're most likely to hear the word of God in a church setting because they're not piping and teaching the word of God at Walmart. But someone can witness to you in Walmart. So you can get saved in Walmart. But if you statistically speaking, there's a better chance for a person to get hear the word of God and a church and does get saved as opposed to anywhere else. So there is a misconception that the only place that a person can get saved is in a church. And that is not true. You can get saved anywhere. You can hear the word of God. You can get saved and accept Jesus through this program right now by hearing the word of God. Going back to this, you don't have to go anywhere. To accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just like Jesus did not have to go to that man's home to heal his son. You don't have to go anywhere particular to get saved, to accept Jesus. Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because you're hearing this word right now and you're hearing that Jesus can forgive your sins and save you. If you confess him, Lord and Savior, and ask him to forgive your sins, he can do that right now. You do not have to wait till you go to church on Sunday. You can do that right now. And in a few minutes, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. Now, moving on to verse number 51. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was still living. So we see in verse number 41, as this royal official is on his way in that 25 mile walk back to Capernaum, his servant meets him with the news that his son was living. Almost exact same words that Jesus said in the previous verse. Moving on to verse number 52. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. So we see here the role or nobleman, your translation may say, inquired the servant, when did he get healed? And the servant told him on yesterday at one in the afternoon, his fever left. And the reason why the father's inquiring that he's trying to put together the time of when he asked Jesus to come home with him to heal his son and Jesus didn't come, but told him his son would live. And when he actually the, the fever broke, so he's trying to put the time together. But look at this. This man was really acting in faith because he had because, again, you know, now we instantly know everything at any given time because of social media, Internet, cell phones, what have you, news, the TV. This guy he was 25 miles away from his home. He had no idea what was going on in his, with his son. You can only imagine if his son, he had came already 25 miles to see Jesus, expecting Jesus and hoping Jesus that would return back to his home with him, get to Jesus and ask him to come. And Jesus doesn't come, but tell him his son is healed. He gets no pushback from this guy, but I, I'm just only imagining he had to be disappointed, but he had faith because he left. He didn't continue to beg Jesus. Say, hey, if you don't come, my son's going to be healed. He, Jesus said, your son will live. The man 
left Jesus alone, took him at his word. He's on his way back to Capernaum. And matter of fact, he must have stayed a little while because he said yesterday, yesterday at one in the afternoon, his fever had left. So I don't know how long it would take 20 to take how long it would take to walk 25 miles, but I don't think it would take him a day. So he may have gotten holed up. But during that time, he was trusting and believed in God that this son was going to get healed. He believed and acted on faith. The word says we live not by sight, but by faith. Trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Moving on to verse number 53 of book of John, chapter 4. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see in verse number 53 that the man put it together. Around the same time that Jesus was telling him, go, your son will live. His serving is confirming that the same time Jesus was saying that the fever left his son and his son got better and lived. And because of that, the royal nobleman believed and his whole household believed in what? Jesus as the Savior. See, that man went there just thinking, I don't, we're getting the sign. We just, with this verse, we see he didn't go to Jesus believing that Jesus was the Savior in the world, had the power to heal his son and that he was God. He just knew this man, he had heard some good things about him. He had turned water into wine. He heard about these other miracles and signs that one and even like at a last-ish effort to save his son like many of us would do. Let me try this Jesus. I've heard he's back in town. Maybe I can get him to come to my house and save my son. And he did. He did. He did not even go there, and he saved him. And because of that, he believed in Jesus as the Savior and the Messiah, and so did his whole family because they knew their son was dying. And because of this interaction and his, and his faith to believe in Jesus, to do what he, uh, to do that, that he could heal him without even coming to his house, showed and proved that he was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And so he believed. And so we will pick up on verse number, we will pick up where we left off on next week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, you're great. You're awesome. You're worthy. We lift you up. We magnify you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for everything that he's done for us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity to better study your word, O oh Lord, as you commanded us to do. Now at this time, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is the time, my brother and sister. If that's you, don't say I'm going to wait until I go to church. Don't say I'm going to wait until I stop fornicating, until I stop adultery, until I stop lying, to whatever you want to put in the blank of what you think you need to stop doing in order to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is not biblical. The word, God's word says that you Become a believer and accept Jesus Christ when you're, as your Savior. If you, if you believe in your heart and confess in your mouth that he is God's only begotten son and that God raised him from the dead for your sins. So pray this prayer with me. Now, Father God, I am a sinner. I believe that your only begotten son, Jesus, died for my sins. And that you raised him from the dead. Jesus. 
I accept you and confess you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen. And if you've prayed that prayer according to God's infallible word, you are now a son of God and you are saved from his wrath and you're part of a godly family. It's not based upon your feelings. It's not based upon where you did it. You can do it in church and Walmart or right now, wherever you've done. If you said that prayer and believe it, you are now saved according to God's word. And if you can't trust in anything else, you can trust in his word, just like that nobleman trusted in him. So now welcome to the family. We rejoice for you. Continue to listen to the program. Start reading your Bible. Continue to read your Bible. Eventually. And ultimately join a church. Pray to God about joining a good church home where you can be around good believers and feed your soul with the word of God. We thank you for them, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. That's our time for today's program. We pray that this Bible study has blessed you. If you have a prayer request, you can email it to us at renew your mind, the letter M as in Mary, at gmail.com. Remember, you can hear current and past shows at any time on our website at RenewYourMindMinistries.org or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We encourage you to tell others about the program and share our website at RenewYourMindMinistries.org. Jesus says in Mark 16, 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. By telling others about the program, you're doing your part to spread the gospel into all the world about our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Until next time, this has been Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God.